0: What's good people? Sports Debate Tuesday. Wait a second. Is this Rob McLean? Is this Rob McLean? Let me turn on this Facebook live. Is this Rob studio. McLean in studio drinking drinking water, roasted marshmallows, singing, singing camp songs? We're gonna find out. The episode starts right now. <laughs> yo what's up people this is episode 93 this is sports debate tuesday along with my man i gotta put it on split screen for this along with my man rob keep it mclean mclean i'm jason debilius i'm your host with the most and welcome to our episode and we have a lot to talk about this was definitely the weekend of ups- um, upsets as i'm uh, i'm just gonna cue your camera shot to the middle I should have done that before, but I'm on that California nonsense. That whole get, get yourself to get your stuff together uh, stuff. Look at that. Oh, there it is. Ah, All right. So what a great weekend, huh? The weekend of, the, of upsets. I mean, we had Tennessee upset Bama. Which is not a surprise to us, right? It's just that Bama has such a stigma. You surprise when they lose, right? We know, we didn't think they finished in the top five. Um, TCU beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was supposed to have a really good year this this year. Um, I think both of them overtime games. You know, Tennessee won at the end. But it translated all the way to Sunday, man. We got the Dolphins, right? They beat the um, They beat the Buccaneers and your g man! The New York Giants have beaten the Ravens, which I would I would call an upset, even though the Ravens are visiting. But not anymore. Five and five and one, you got to stop calling them underdogs, right? So, so, and wow, Padres beat the Dodgers, right? We picked the Dodgers on that one. And the Yankees, I think the Yankees are playing right now as we speak. They are. Rob McLean. We're going to have to look at our phones and find out. We got another football game happening as we're pre recording this Monday night for Sports Debate Tuesday. Now, when we do this, we usually end up looking. At the organization, when you see the Giants improve, when you see Tennessee or whatever, and when you when you're surprised, like Nick Saban loses, you start looking at the organization and as you continue to weave through the organization, it all comes down to the head coach, who's the head coach? What is he doing? So for us, topic one, we're going to bring it to that. All right. Um, this topic one, um, my gen- my attention generated from uh, to it when I saw Dion Sanders on 60 Minutes now 60 minutes as you know doesn't interview a whole bunch of coaches um they usually keep the you know they have their own 60 minute sports or whatever but i think Deion sanders is like one of the first college coaches i've seen on that in a long time if if you know infinitely ever right Right. so he was out there and he's talking about the success of jackson state right now they remain undefeated and um he's changed the culture there he's made of the winning culture he's he's brought value he's his star power has generated um uh, interest and with interest comes money so now money's in that program and and we see a lot of great players succeed as coaches right we've seen Steve Curry do it um, and we've seen a lot of people fail at it we've seen Isaiah Thomas fail at it right we've seen um, Magic Johnson fail at it I and mean, we're we're talking about the list of people you know dream team people greatest of all time people so I guess the question is Rob me and you we're going to go over some of the things that we think help former players crack the coaching code to become successful programs and successful coaches. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd like to start with one example. Um, star power. It goes a long way because from the co- at the college level and at the professional level, in order to get some of these kids who are already come in doing things really well, they have to give up some control. And if they don't see recognize your star power recognize your your mental acumen or your superiority as an experienced coach there will be the process uh stunts the, the you know the growth stunts and the process slows down and I think that's where Dion and um Steve Kerr you know some of these people brought brought to their attention you know so I'd like you to take over I'm gonna give you the floor about time I shut up uh give me give me an example on, on where we think um, a lot of these coaches who, a lot of these players who just jump jump into coaching, um, that have given them into success. We're going to go the other way too, where some why some of them come come up short.
1: Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, to be successful as a coach, you know, moving from player to coach, I think uh, a big part of it to be successful uh, is to be disciplined, you know, as a player. Um, a lot of times as a player, I feel like we're very physically gifted. Uh, We're capable of doing things, maybe even things we don't even understand um, on the court, but we're still capable of doing them and and making that high level of play. So um, yeah, just watching video, being able to understand what you're doing uh, helps a lot um, so that when you're when that question comes up, or when that issue comes up, when you are coaching, you know, you're able to, you know, on the fly figure out, uh, just like you would as a player, you know, just figure it out. You know, you hear that a lot from coaches. um, And I think that goes to a player type of a coach where they might not be able to explain how they want that, uh, that, that, that skill performed right, all the way down to what do my feet do, what do my hips do, what do my hands do, you know, because these are all the questions that players or people who you're coaching will have, you know, it'll come out of left field, you have everything prepared, and then they ask you about something that you didn't even think about, you know, are you gonna just do it, why not just do it and figure it out, or is it going to be, well, I'll help you learn, you know, I'll help you figure that out, so I think a lot of it is just the awareness of yourself, of other people on the court, brings a lot of that and i think like the people you're talking about about being successful like the steve kerr i think he was a type a very aware player knew about what he was capable of what he was giving to the team he might not be the superstar but he's going to give his all in his role that sounds like a coach before a coach even is on the court you know like another coach on the court um do you
0: do you think a lot of these people um, that become good coaches, as players probably spend a lot more time with their coaches as players than the other people? Like Jason Kidd, um, his his transition to the NBA was almost seamless because a lot of people consider him an encore coach. But do you think that's because as a point guard, you have to you have to liaise with 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 basically the whole coaching staff on? On offense and, and this and that.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's black and white. I'd say that that definitely helps because you get into that mindset of, of where the coach is coming from, how they're seeing the court. Because, again, a coach can't physically be on the court, but they have to affect what's going on in the court physically. So it's a very um, – it's it's another role on the team. Instead of a coach is just a coach, is just another person there. They're just as, poor, as important as the other – two players on the court in beach volleyball, the other five players on the court in basketball, the other six in volleyball and indoor. So if you can treat, and this goes back to the respect that you were talking about, if the players can treat the coach like the coach is a part of the team, as opposed to to the team has to perform almost because the coach asked us or because we're supposed to do it, right? instead of it's a group it's a community everybody's doing it for each other we want to win for the coach as much as the coach wants to win for us like that's that's a culture and uh yeah i think that's what's missing a lot you know when you're talking about coaches and players just period the the respect to that someone else might know more than you is is not always there you know and i think that's a generational thing i think when i was younger a lot of kids were just, whether they had the, 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 the gleam in the eye of, I want to just be something better or something more. They just wanted to like take information, whatever it was, maybe they have, you know, less video games, you know, I don't know what it is, but there's something about <laughs> nowadays. I mean, maybe it's the, I want it right now. You know, there's something about putting that time in and, and getting that, 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 that skill you know, to come, to come to fruition, you know, and I think that's, that's really missing in a lot of sports where it's kind of this quick, you know, get it as soon as you can, as fast as you want. The more, the longer something takes, the more it's going to stick, the more it's going to be realistic, you know, but yeah, going back to what we're talking about, about coaches and players, um, the, the players, just as the coaches have to be receptive. It has to be a, a group community learning trying to get better and that's in any sport that's in any profession it can be in you know a, a work-based profession that's what's great about sport is it's not just about the sport you know it's about creating better people yeah. you
0: know i think it's, it's also enlisting people too um that uh share your philosophy right like like deon sanders didn't go into jackson state himself he had coach zimmer he had you know some great defensive minds and he he had he enlisted a bunch of people who are willing to take the cheaper paycheck but but at the same time they they they're believing in something over there and and i really really appreciate that you Mm -hmm. know like um i mean bill belichick goes to the patriots the culture changed right you 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 like what we saw this weekend with robbie anderson he i mean he wouldn't do that to Belichick because he, there's there's more of a reverence respect that comes with that. You won't see a player do that to Belichick, because the culture and respect is created from the get-go, right? If something uh, um circulates and comes full circle and winds up in that, it's it's something a lot of coaches don't see coming before they get fired. You know, Matt Rue got fired and Rue was um his his um co- Robbie Anderson's co- uh, college coach, mm-hmm. so but the assistant coach, I mean the the guy who took over as the interim, is like okay. Yeah, see how this works? Bye, you know, so. Um, but how it comes to that is, you know, is, is, a, sh- is a shame. Uh, and, I, I, and I think that leads to the next question. Why are some of these coaches that actually come in with star power come up short? Right, like Isaiah Thomas or the Knicks. Nah, nah you know, not that good. Um, who else did we say? Magic Johnson. Remember you tried to coach for like mm-hmm. a minute? You know, um, I think ego has a lot to do with it. I also think when coaches start thinking like players it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't like if someone uh misses a move or misses a layup or, or a certain move that the coach himself as a player would never in his wildest dream misses that's why i think that's when i think he fails as a coach because he's like i do that all the time why can't he do that and that's when you got to realize not everybody's built the same uh psychologically not everybody's built the same um mentally and for sure, people aren't built the same physically, right? He was a 6'8 point guard, maybe maybe size, maybe just something physical has something to do with it. So that's my opinion, I'm, and I'm giving you back the floor, an example of where I think some coaches, uh, some players who become coaches um, fall short. There's, there's a huge ego thing, you know? And there's also no, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to say one more thing, there's also no willingness to self-examine. Hmm. You know, some of, them, some of them have that, you know, like... Like a media guy might criticize them and they might use the gladiators in the arena speech right. as, as an escape, as a non sequitur, which is my least favorite thing and my most favorite thing at the same time as an escapism, as, not escapism, as an escape uh, goat. You've never done it. So you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Instead of. Wait, maybe I should just answer the goddamn question.
1: Yeah, cause answer it, the question. Because what they should be saying is I watch somebody better than you do it and you ain't doing it like him so how yeah. good are you <laughs> yeah. that's what they really should say i mean we can go
0: <laughs> up and down inside of our wheelhouse but since uh, they don't deserve us this week you know I'm a, that's i mean right. i mean I'm a, look i'm gonna catch him at the end because i did watch F I V V but but um the floor is yours uh, give me an example on where you think some some of these um star players uh, um fall short as coaches
1: yeah so i think mm-hmm. uh it's just a lot of, like, just coaches in general. I think it's when you're not able to adjust. And now, playing beach volleyball, I think the biggest thing I've learned is, is as much as you can be structured and can be disciplined, there's chaos will always come through, right? Um, but the, the, the thing that beach volleyball, I feel like, has taught me is as as correct as you feel, as everything is going perfectly right, you do everything right 10 10 times out of 10 times, right? And then the next 11th ball comes, you know, and anything is possible. That's when you need to be adjustable, right? And to be adjustable, and to to be able to change, but also not to um, lose your principles, but to be able to, you know, oh, this isn't as important. It's not a principle it's not something that defines me as a player uh, or defines what I'm doing on the court. It doesn't take away from any uh, skill that I'm doing, uh, whether it's footwork or whether it's communication or breathing or posture or, you know, my pillars that I, that I have. If I, if I don't break those, I can do anything, right? And that being able to be adjustable, what, what I really believe it is, is mastery, which is creativity at the end of the day, right? If you're able to hold down your basic principles, but still be creative, that's mastery. Mm. It's not about being perfect. Perfection is not mastery, right? Perfection is perfection, right? Mastery is when you're creative, you're able to still accomplish a goal, but you just don't quite know how you're going to do it, right? You know how it needs to be done. You just don't know how you're going to respond to whatever action there is out there. And I think that's where a lot of coaches lose the ability to delegate, because they're stuck on one track mind, which is I, what, let's talk football, it could be, I gotta focus on offense, I gotta focus on defense, could be basketball, is it the transition, is it the shooting, is it the man I'm on defense, we're talking about volleyball, is it the transition, is it the serve receive, is it the serving, is it the defense, is it the scheme of defense, right, so, uh, to not only, you know, still be, uh, Accountable, but still to be flexible and to accomplish your goal without a set plan, right? Oh, I think no. that's that's where, as a coach, a lot of coaches falter.
0: Yeah, I totally. They close have on. an
1: idea. If they can't make that idea happen, most coaches don't flip. Right? Oh, let me just try this again. Let me. And I think Brian Dayball. Okay, of course, the Giants and I love my Giants guy, but I've never seen a team with such little talent. Again, it's just cuz what I'm seeing such little Say talent. It with me, yeah. Play like they are world beaters, right? And I think that comes back to who's who's putting the words in their head to make them think differently than what they are, right? And that goes back to, you know, you know, giving the player the the appreciation but also the confidence to go out there and be yourself fully. Hmm. Right, and I think that's again back to the coaches. Are you getting all out of your players? Are you getting the the very most? Right.
0: We gotta have a conversation about the Giants' defense um, because there are a bunch of no names that are just that are just getting it in, right? Yeah, that's nice. Cool. So yeah, so look, we're gonna uh, tackle the NFL uh, probably through our pick six and this and that um, because there's so much to talk about. It was such a great weekend for for New Yorkers like us. I mean, look, look if you know if there's anything I can't stand. I can't stand when some of these fans I can't stand when some of these fans like they go so hard in the paint they gotta wear t-shirts you know they gotta wear cups double I mean hats. hats yeah double hats I mean if this, I mean, guys take it easy I saw the guy with the Buffalo Bills vest I, they're cool but if there's anything I can't stand it's, it's someone out there just 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 repping their stuff like it's supposed to be I just put it away just put guys just put the so Anyway, on the mixed martial arts. <laughs> Topic two, mixed martial arts. Rob, my man. We got UFC 280 coming up. 280. We're going to go top to bottom on this. Um, Maybe we'll get a challenger this week. I know Mark Farnacari is interested. He was sure. on the podcast. I was on a podcast with uh, um, Nolan Albrecht. Who just won oh, the yeah. uh, Who won the Pottstown Rumble? Nice guy made like more money winning three grass tournaments than like some of the top three guys made the whole on their whole tour. So, so who's the real professional, huh? Right, uh, but yeah. um, anyway, anyway, Mark um, Fornakari came in, uh, and I always light up when I see him. He's a mench, So, so he came in and he talked about. We talked about MMA. Mm. Tenisa Sri, uh, Carly Wopat. You know, she maybe she'll come Saturday night and watch it with me or whatever. Maybe a low watch party. Nice. Um, MC Dive, one of my favorite rappers. He he loves MMA. I'm like, dude, maybe you could invite that T-City. T Who's T T-City? Uh, oh, I forgot his name again. What do you don't know? Uh, um, 145 guy that fought um, um, Volkanovsky. Oh, uh, Brian Ortega. Ortega, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: T-City, baby. Yeah, I
0: see him all the time on his freaking skateboard. came oh, in. Yeah, he came in a, yeah, a Hennessy a few weeks ago. <laughs> Just chilling. He's a, he's a cool guy, man. He's tiny, but yeah. he's tiny. But like his his size is larger than life. They do dude, they do a height, man. Mm. All right, so Rob, let's go top to bottom. Let's go picking winners. This is the our UFC pick six. Let's start with the champion Charles De Bronx Oliveira against mm. Islam Makachev. Yeah. Islam Makhachev, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: you know, I think if. Uh... He did not miss weight last fight. I would think that Charles Oliveira might get snuck, snuck up on this one. Because Islam is a scary dude.
0: He's got that scary Sambo strength. Although all those, all those Dagestan dude. fighters got it, right?
1: He does. And Charles is a guy who wants to feel out his opponent, see what he's got. I mean, in the last three fights that he's won, he's gotten clipped, gotten hurt. And then the guy tries to close, and he changes the fight in, a, in an instant. But I don't see that in Islam. I think Islam is an incredibly smart fighter because he has Khabib behind him, and Khabib is teaching him how to fight as he would fight if he could punch like Islam would punch. Yeah, because you know? Islam's
0: like Khabib with better with hands,
1: hands, right? Yeah, and kick and all that extra. I'm just stuff.
0: trying to remember who the hell he lost to. He like right now. He's 11-1 and one in the UFC.
1: He was, it was a younger it was, fight. I looked it, was it, a no, it was a decision. No,
0: he got caught. It was a KO. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It was,
1: a, it was a younger fight. It was yeah. an earlier fight. But it was, a, yeah, he was upset with it, too. Like, he didn't get clean, caught, like, cold, knocked out. He, like, came back, and he was like, damn, I got Yeah, I got, I got you know, it. I got, yeah. So he, <laughs> he got it. I, I have Charles Oliveira here. I think this is going to be a bloody one. What? I think is gonna you put amazing.
0: me through all of that and you're going to pick Charles? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. picking the Bronx. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right.
1: All right, so. The snake against the bear.
0: I am. This is a tough pick for me because every time you think Charles is hit, like, his ceiling, or, like, or got as good as he's going to get, mm-hmm. he does something else and he impresses you. He shows you has a chin. He shows you can submit people. He shows you his, his eight points right fist elbows knees feet is on point um he leads i think he leads the ufc in uh, total submissions right uh and our submissions in the ufc and he is 13 and one since he moved from 145 to 155 so um big up to him dude and but with that being said makachev like Nagameda of Ankala from on um who's on uh 205 I mm-hmm. think he's undefeated too. Um or maybe only has one loss. There's this freakish strength where like pe- they're stronger than people that their si- their size. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and De Bronx comes in a little heavy so that's what makes it such an interesting topic but I got to give the rub to uh the rub to Islam on this. I think um he's able to take take him down and I think he's able to to avoid submissions. I think it goes 5 rounds. Um yeah. Because he's got good hands, man. but I don't think he's gonna. I just don't see either one of them finishing each other. But, but, oh, they but, but well, I leave. I will leave room. No, but I will leave room for DeBronx to come up with something nasty that
1: we've oh, never seen no, before. No, this is not going five. No way. No, way. <laughs> it's going five. I'm talking three, maybe four. <laughs> hey, people at home,
0: pack a lunch, man. <laughs> you gonna be there? All right, so good. God, we got a little yeah, dissension, yeah, man. I'm some. so glad. We Come on, man. We can't just go every damn episode picking the same teams. That's all right. right. All right, the other belts on the line, Aljermaine Sterling defending against TJ Dillashaw. Now vote with your uh, – select with your head and not with your heart. Oh, no. I, I ain't got <laughs> okay. that
1: will against either one, but I'm going to tell you, you know, TJ is nice. You know, TJ's good. I, I think Aljermaine has the type of style that TJ doesn't like you know, a gritty on the ground, I'm going to take you down five rounds in a row, and mm-hmm. we're going to see what happens. So in that style of fight, I like Al Jermaine, which is why I'm taking Al Jermaine, because Al Jermaine plays a different type of fight, and you have to fight him that way. I I, I would love to see TJ stay on the outside, but Algermain's a bit longer, he's got kicks. If if Al Jermaine's getting past Peter Yan, which I was surprised the second time, He's going to yeah, get past yeah, second TJ. Time,
0: the second time, none of not one of us picked him to win no. twice.
1: And that's why I'm yeah. like, he came in with a whole other game plan. Mm-hmm. And now he's got two types of game plans to go yeah. against TJ. i Am not saying he's going to th- But that was a tight really decision. Smart. Like a lot sure. of people thought
0: that went another way, but I had Al on that yeah, one. Yeah, I had Alderman,
1: yeah. especially as a champion and all mm-hmm. that, yeah. But I just think that TJ is not the type of guy like like, like Peter Young is. Peter Young is a wrestler. Peter Young does like to mix it up on the ground if he needs to. He knows how to stay off the ground. And he has great hands. TJ is, loves to stay on the feet, loves to move around, loves to keep it. So if he goes on the ground, yeah, it's just not going to be the same. TJ. So that's the, that's the type of ideas I'm I'm thinking now. Jermaine. Al Jermaine.
0: Al-Germain, yeah, I I looked at TJ's lineup of fighters. It is savage the dude has fought the best of the best and has found a way to beat the best of the best but on something i noticed he has a pattern of feeling out people and doing what he wants to do and it also has a pattern of weathering the storm of what people do best um like cody garbrandt came out you know guns blazing and tj was was wobbly back to his corner mm-hmm. um liniker you knew Lineker had, had good knockout power but he sized him up and he had some a lot of dominant cruise type movement that was just really, really good. And that was one of the best schoolings I've ever seen. Like a technical fighter give a power hitter to. Because Lineker was dangerous with both hands. Mm. But TJ, I, I, I could watch that match again tonight. TJ took this dude to school and let him know it too. Um the match with Dominic Cruz, you know, figuring each other out. I, I personally thought TJ won that, but a lot of people thought Dominic won that. Now here's the problem with here. This is why I'm not picking TJ. TJ there's some storms you can't weather. If you if you weather if you weather J- Algermain storm, you're going to get submitted the first round.
1: Mm.
0: Sanhagen got, you know what I'm saying, got taken down early and was like, all right, my God, he's fierce, but if, I'm, I'm going to just hand fight and I'm going to weather this out because when he runs out of gas trying to finish me, I'm going to F him up. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Sanhagen got submitted. So, um, so his gas tank is good and... He can go all five rounds, but Al Jermaine's not getting paid by the hour, dude. Mm-hmm. That's one and two. Al Jermaine's gas tank is good, too. Yep. He's learned. He's learned from gassing some of these matches, right? He, you know?
1: Well, I mean, his style is a gassing style, so he Fowl. better be on his. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Faux. No doubt. So we both picking Al Jermaine on that one, mm-hmm. right? Let's go to um, fight number three, Peter Young versus Sean O'Malley. Mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley taking a step up in competition. I'm going to go first on this one. Mm-hmm. Sugar Sean O'Malley, I am so sorry they did this to you. And I know you're like I'll fight anybody on any any time, you know. He's on the phone. Yeah, on the internet on right on Zoom. Yeah, I'm now look, that's why I'm here. I'm here to be the champ, blah. But when he hung up, I'm sure when he hung up the phone or when he got off Zoom, he was like Man, Man, this might be a little too early for me. I'm I'm just going to save myself the long soliloquy on this one, is too soon for the cat. Mm. It's too too soon for the cat. Peter Yon is going to be a gatekeeper for that for that division until he gets the title back, or until Algerman loses it. I got Yan.
1: Yeah, I mean right. I got Yan by ugliness too. Yeah, I mean no 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 no. I got Yan, but I don't think it's going to be a close. I think it's going to be a close fight because Yan's going to have to take him down. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to stand and trade a little bit, and Yan's going to be like whoa. Like, I'm not trying to trade with this dude. He's going to trade with me all night. Mm -hmm. His weakness is to get taken down, and that's what Jan's going to do. Jan is a professional fighter. He understands. His coaches understand there's a game plan we want to go after. Win or lose, we got to do something to take the advantage. They're going to try to take O'Malley down, and it's going to be on O'Malley to, to, to stay standing. Pedro Kuna did that same thing. He tried to take him down a lot. He did a great job, and he was calling him out too. You're not going to take me down. You're not going to take me down. So I think that if this fight stays on the feet, it's O'Malley. But if this fight goes to the ground or it's a mix of the two, it's Yon. And I think that that's more of a possibility, which is why I want to go with Yon. Wow. But I really do but believe... But you're kind of like two two to one in this, mm-hmm. right? Two it's rounds to one in
0: this, yeah. Not close. Does... Now we know Sugar's got some some power in his hands and we've seen some one punch knockouts and some kicks and he's he's fierce. People run into that, that, that I think he had this nasty head kick someone ran into or whatever during the show. Um does he have anything hard enough to finish to, to knock out Jan? No. And and that's, that's why, I and that's, don't why think that's why n- be neither one's up. gonna finish either one, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a finish. I mean, I think Jan could finish um O'Malley, mm. but I don't think that's O'Malley's style. You know, he's just a you know, the kind of guy who's gonna squirm out of anything. Yeah. So I really think that if this is a stand-up fight, which sometimes people say, "Hey, we're gonna just toe-to-toe and stand up," you know, it happens. Ain't and, got, I don't and, know if you
0: got the reach, man. Because yeah. um, O'Malley's got yeah, reach yeah. and he knows how to use it. That's what I'm saying. And he's know? got
1: kicks. He knows how to faint in and out. It's really about uh, it's really O'Malley's game to win or lose. Because if he knows if he if he does his faints, because he stopped fainting when he, mm. in his last fight, he didn't faint until. About mm, second second round, right, and then it started to pick up a little bit. But
0: yeah, but listen, if I mean if O'Malley's even even remotely even catching wind of his podcast, I'm gonna just say straight up, I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah, he's good for the sport. Yeah. He's good for the weight class. Uh, and if he gets by Jan, uh, imagine the fanfare and the trash talk. Like if Aljamain survives too, or even if TJ wins, just imagine whoever wins that belt and O'Malley's around the corner. Imagine. saying I'm coming for you. The, imagine the ticket sales, imagine the promotion uh, for a lighter weight class. And that's what Dana's been desperately seeking. You know, that's why he traded up, you know, Demetrius. Demetrius, mm-hmm. just winning wasn't enough. You know, you got you got to... Um,
1: Make it look good. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's what Demetri needed. Like, Anderson Silva needed Chael, mm. right? To go out there and, and sell it, you know, for both of them. So, O'Malley can sell it for for both of them. So, I mean... And I like, I like his style. I think he's funny. I think he's personable. I'm rooting for the brother. But I, I just, my brain says I can't, you know, I mean, anyone got to respect my pick. That's Peter Yan. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to fight number four of the pick six, Benil, Benil Dariush versus uh, Mateos Gamro. Now, I'll go first on this one. Dariush surprises people. You don't think he's he's that good. And all of a sudden, he gets past this guy, that guy. Big smile on his face. The end of the match, whether it's a decision, he's not even tired. If he gets a finish, it's like his face, he saw it coming. The confidence oozes on this guy. He also won seven in a row. I'm going, um, I know a little bit about Gamra I know he's a 4-1 in the UFC. And I know three of those four wins were finishes. Hmm. Um, so I know he, he's he's a go-getter. But got to go Gotta go with the, the vet on this one, Dariush, Got to go Benil. Yeah,
1: I absolutely love this fight. Don't and you? Could be, be the, this, this be it could be fight of the I night. This is going to be the best fight. Could be fight of the night. Darius desperately
0: needs someone to put to to make that fight of the
1: night, and this gonna be that guy. Yes, I think that's so, his dance partner. Let me tell you, I think that Benil Darius again an, an an amazing specimen of a of a fighter. Um, I think he's he, he's doing exactly what he should be doing with his body type and body size, and I just think he needs to kind of change it up a little bit cuz what's going to happen is you're going to find a guy like a Gamrot who's versatile enough to be able to defend your takedowns. Right. And then he might not be the best stand up, mm. but he's got a better stand up than Benil. Yeah. So he does. That's what I and this is the the things that I try to look at now it's is who it really is who is going to stalemate the other person's who can stalemate the other person's strength. Right. right, If Benil Dariush can take you down and lay on you for 25 minutes, go go do a 15 minutes in this case. But if he can't, what's he going to do after that? Right. And Gamrot, he is the most sneakiest, surprising fighter. If you say that Benil Dariush is surprising, yeah. this guy is surprising. <laughs> because it's yep. unbelievable. You'll think he's losing this fight. And then you go to the scorecard and you're like, what the hell? This guy's up by like 30 punches. What the hell? Yeah, it's insane. So I'm telling you, this is gonna be a crazy sneaky fight. Nobody's gonna know. Nobody cares about Benil Darius Nobody knows about this guy Gamrat. This is gonna be the best. It's gonna steal
0: the show, this dude. Be the best and best. look who dropped in on our live, Mark Fonakari. This is why I came in. <laughs> he's he, he's picking with you. He says Islam's going night night, and Dillashaw. He says P- Dillashaw on no juice. Tesla Benil with the decision. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> you can't control it. It's electric. Boogie woogie woogie. Let's go to fight number 5, Caitlyn Chook again versus Mano Fioro. Um I like Caitlyn. She's trying to find a way back to the title. Pharaoh is a uh I mean, I've only seen her fight twice, but the t- the small sample size I have, she she's the girl's good in every everywhere, but I got to go. I like C- Caitlyn Chook again as far as like Fly weights. I think she's the best constant pressure fighter in the division. Mm-hmm. Just in your face all the time, unless Andre, Je- Jessica Andre, like moves up. Mm-hmm. Um, look, there's Valentina Shevchenko and there's everybody else. But in the everybody else, just in the lead of that pack, I go Caitlin. And, um, and I'm going to go Caitlin on this one.
1: Yeah, I think, and I don't mean to, you know, push down <laughs> anything, any, any, you know, weight divisions or anything. Yeah. But for me, it's still like the top names in the women's division are still. Are that for a reason? Yeah, you know what I mean. And the people that are still trying to come up, they're just not quite experienced yet. No, so I'm still gonna go. Chikuga, the this is on a pay per view. This first
0: match on a pay per view too, dude.
1: But I really like, I really like her, her competitor. And I think in a year or so, like this fight could be a real fight. Yeah. But I think for now, it'll be chiku Ch- Ch- Yeah chukugan chukugan can't, right can't and say, we, right. and since
0: it's a pick six we pick one off the prelims mm-hmm. so let's go prelims finals a also yeah ankle of oh, is on this too remember i and talked I, about ankle yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um let's see what our man says i think someone he way. just posted respect on this fight but no reason brady versus bala should be on the prelim yeah that's a prelim. thank you that's insane i think the the prelim finale is I guess is a way for people to sell to sell the pay per view. Well, like every like awesome every man. good pay per view has a prelim. Like remember when Uriah Faber was like, "Dude, put me on the, the prelim finals." It sells. People are like, wait, I ain't buy the pay per view yet. So let's let's go win a real quick on this one or not? Sean Brady. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> fifteen and 0, 5 and zero in the UFC, up against. Uh, we talk, We had a conversation about constant pressure. Bellal uh, Muhammad is that guy, mm-hmm. but Brady's that guy i gotta go brady uh and every time i pick against below he wins and i guess i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to eat that hotel again one. yeah eat this one because
1: yeah. i think it's exactly what you're saying before what we were just talking about with the uh um, you know he's a new guy and i think he's just a little too soon a little too soon because i've seen him fight before and I'm, i like what i see but he's fighting he fights a good fight mm-hmm. he doesn't bring that next level so i think to, for this fight he's gonna have to bring next level I don't think he's gonna bring that and that's when a guy like constant pressure gets in your face makes you make bad decisions you know who you got I, I, I have belong yeah so
0: good yeah. so good dude yeah so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Mark and Tanisha Sri and some people to do pick six I'm gonna, maybe my sponsor could put like a winner take all thing at the end for, for challenging the host sure. you know beat, beat the host type thing speaking of beat the host challenging the host we're going to our NFL pick six um, sorry, got to do this in between. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> let's go, Buffalo. Nice. Let's go. Oh, look how it matches the shirt. Look how it matches the shirt. But not my head. My head is flat. This thing's all pinned out. So pick six. Last week, Trevor Crabb. Challenged the host. Taylor Crab walked away with his tail tucked between his legs <laughs> said he was going to do it because he didn't have time. Or if he could shoot out a out got his ass, he, he could. He chickened out. Taylor Crab, kidding. I love you and I know you're doing some great things uh, going into Huntington, which will be your last tournament. Trevor was one in five. I was two and four. (laughs) Rob, Mr. 500, keep it McLean. McLean was three and three because his G-man came through. And you would have been four and two if you picked my Hmm. Buffalo Bills. Neither team decided the word. "Eh, Well, I thought it was going to be. What was the most watched game? I'm sure. It's probably going to be like the most watched game of the season. Right? Everybody wanted 100 points. <laughs> yeah. They were looking for like a whatever. And the refs were like, Shoot calm that. down. Yeah. <laughs> no. oh, offensive passing interference. Calm down. <laughs> False start. <laughs> yeah. Right. False start. False start. Holding. Holding. <laughs> the refs can call, call holding on every play. They're like, yeah. I mean, those stupid that, little that flags ruined the game. But look, as a Buffalo fan, I was glad to see that, um, that they play defense. In the beginning, right? Uh, the first drive, Buffalo got they fumbled when they were about to score, and and then on the other, end, Mahomes threw an INT when he was mm-hmm. about to score. So I was like, okay, defenses are like you ain't you we ain't just giving up the goods. But yeah. thing I like about Mahomes is when he needs a field goal, he can drive and get it. And thing I like about Allen is when he needs a field, he drives and gets gets a touchdown. <laughs> his mind is wired different it's true. third and long at his own one yard line gets out and then the how about the giddy up play how about it jumping over that dude you that knew that i was going to be on the espn top and 10 plays just on it. principle alone so nationally televised game congratulations to the buffalo bills and i expect to see these guys in the AFC championship game um and this time i'm hoping it'll be decided at rich stadium um pick six all right, we got some people pick six in with us, and I'll tell you about them later. But for now, Falcons at Bengals. Atlanta Falcons at the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll go first on this one. Atlanta really, really sour on crass two weeks ago about what happened to them. Took it out on the Niners. Shows that they're behind their coach. Shows that they're behind their system. Mar- Marcus Mariota has been uh, um, a pleasant surprise despite their win-loss record, right? Mm-hmm. And um, wow. But how do you pick against this dude? How do you pick against Burrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, tight game. If we were, if this were in Atlanta, I'd pick the Falcons. And for the scientists out there that don't understand why a, why a certain zip code makes one team better than the other, take lessons this Sunday. I'm going Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, Cincinnati I think is easy. I think they're starting to get all their wheels, wheels going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the Falcons, uh, I think they probably blew their load. They had the best possible chance at beating yeah one or two more teams the rest of the season. I think they're playing great football but they dude, really are dude. Decimated with injuries. Mm. They have like one wide receiver that they trust and it's just yeah it's you got? pretty rough. Yeah, Bengals easy.
0: Cool. You're gonna go first on this one. Colts visiting the Tennessee Titans. Oof. Speaking of a team decimated with injuries.
1: Yeah, you know, um I'm gonna go with yeah I, it's smart to go with the Titans, I think. Um but, you know, I think the Colts found something this past weekend, um, and I'm going to go with the Colts because I really had high hopes for them this season, and I think this is a week they could definitely turn around. Tennessee is a team they could definitely beat, so I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to go
0: with the Colts. They're a team full of comeback kids, coached by a head coach who's, who's the king of the comeback kids. In fact, I think the biggest comeback in the NFL, 35-3, Buff winning. He was a backup quarterback against Houston the first round. Um came back from 35-3, won 41-38. So that's the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. Jesus. So that's so you got also the greatest comeback in the history of college is Maryland against Miami. Thirty one zero he came back and won that. So he's he himself as a quarterback is engineered two come, uh, comebacks. Mm. Probably uses that story all the time for his players, plays it up and makes the impossible seem possible. They do have a victory over Kansas City and i think they have a I think they'll have a they'll have a victory over the Titans this Sunday. So I'm going cults mm. with you on that one. And we're both going Bengals, huh? All right. So Jets, the only New York team playing this weekend, is visiting Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Mm. Talk to me, Robbie. What's up? As I go on my ESPN app to find (laughs) out who's winning the Monday night game. And and the Yankees.
1: And the Yankees. Yes. Um, You know, I think the Jets are playing some great football, man. I really like what I saw from Zach Wilson last week. Like, man, he looks like a – like a second-year quarterback who has had time to <laughs> look and read and, and understand the offense. Uh, he looks really smooth, looks really easy running the plays. The Players look like they have an extra step to them. They have all the pieces they need around them. Their defense looks absolutely unstoppable. They have a number one corner. They have a best line in the game. I'm going to go with the Jets, man. You're going with the, J- the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets everything
0: you said parroting your sentiments uh, as far as like uh, the 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 change in the culture of the organization i mean they already know the not winners but they know if they if they remain fighters eventually wins going to come that head coach stood out in front of the media and said he's taking receipts on mm-hmm. everyone that doubted them and when you do that you know your job's on the line because of what happened last year but if you put yourself and your job on the line and your players see you do that they can respond two ways they could be like this guy's crazy and he's out of here or Dude, this guy's doing this for us. Let's do this for him. The same way as a G-man, you saw what Jim Fassel did. When you were a young pup watching the Giants come up, mm. this guy's one in three and he says, we're going to the playoffs. I guarantee it. And they ended up going to the Super Bowl that year, losing to the Ravens. Mm. So I see a lot of that this year. So so for all, all all of the reasons I agree with you, except the net result on this one, I got to go Broncos. Mile high is a very, very difficult place to play. And Russell mm. Wilson, um, um, they're 13-13 right now, but... I think, um, I think they're going to find a way to win this. The Jets somehow always find a way to lose games like this, even though recently, right? Remember when they used to find ways to lose some of these games and now they're finding ways to just win? Yeah,
1: but I mean, honestly, Put this a is the best quarterback it. they've had in like the last 15 dude, years, dude. Like, they,
0: cheese-headed, they cheese-headed the yeah. Packers in Green Bay. Did you see that picture?
1: Yeah, I did. You saw the the cheese head? head
0: I got a picture. Come on, you know I gotta come come equipped with a picture, my brother. Hold up. Where is it? Where is he? Let's just let's just take a look at this. Where you at, man? Ah, there he is. (laughs) That's the cheese, baby. We all about that cheese, bruh. (laughs) <laughs> all right so you're picking jets i'm I'm going with the broncos jets, yeah. game four seahawks at chargers i'm actually going to this game I'll, i will be okay. in attendance in the, at this game uh chargers you go first yeah. chargers hosting the seahawks
1: i mean it's going to be the chargers i think the seahawks played great last week i think they are not giving up on their coach but yeah the charge Chargers is just a different level
0: yeah i'm going to go Chargers on this one, even though I do have a soft spot in my my heart for Geno Smith. I mean, my family's from West Virginia, so you know, even though they went to academic schools, you know, Harvard and or whatever, they they always watch West Virginia football and they always watch West Virginia basketball. You know, Coach Huggins and that other coach I'm glad who was gone from a few years ago. Just a horrible dude, man. Um, but Geno Smith, I used to love watching him just light up the scoreboard. I remember him in Texas Tech. It was like 70 to 63, so I know the guy could throw. And, of course, he was a jet for a little bit than a giant. So Mm. I just wanted them to have a fair shake. So now, no excuses. You got a good coach in Pete Carroll, defensive-minded coach. You have Metcalf, who's still one of the premier receivers. So um, this is definitely his last hurrah, and I think he's going to go out the same way other quarterbacks who fail constantly um, are going to go out. He's not winning this one. I'm going Chargers. All of that just to pick Chargers, right? <laughs> I, can't, right? Just, I just I just did a rob. <laughs> Game five. Chiefs against, oops, sorry about that. Chiefs visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I'm going to go first on this one. Chiefs do not like to lose, period. Every time they lose, there's all, there's all kinds of drama. Losing to the cults, totally unnecessary. Losing to the bills in their mind, in the heart of hearts, they still felt they had, what, had that. They're going to fix what's broken. They're gonna beat the Niners who are an injury um depleted.
1: Yeah, I think uh the Niners again had a rough week last week. Uh Chiefs have a template to how to beat them, and they also have the best quarterback in the league. So
0: you're going Chiefs too? Chiefs. Okay. Nice. Uh last game, you go first. Dolphins visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Talk about hurt and hurt. But uh I mean this really depends on if Tua plays. I don't think he's gonna play. I think they're keep him out for a couple more weeks. And so I I, I have the Steelers. Uh, I think their defense is going to be good enough. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully they'll get pieces back. And, you know, Kenny Pickett looked good, man. He looked solid. Uh, uh, I think he's going to improve going forward. Yeah. How long is he out? Is he back this weekend? Yeah. I would hope. You know, Uh, Mr. Bischke came in looked really good. You know, and maybe that's what he needed to lose a job to come back and to fight. Because that's the best he's always played is Mm -hmm. when he has to come in for somebody else. Not, I have the job. It's mine to lose. It's no. I have no... You know, ill will. It's just I'm going out there trying to play the best football. That's what I'm saying. Even
0: in the loss to Buffalo, you saw, I mean, you know, just as a coach from a different sport, I saw some bright spots, and I'm sure Mike Tomlin did. I mean – if I'm sitting there talking about this pick six and this last what, last pick, if I'm going to spend time talking about the coaches that, that it's already a testament to how much I fail as as uh, as far as not watching the injury report in these players, right? You got Pickett who may or may not play. You got two of them may or may not play, and I know if one of those two things don't happen, I got to go Miami. I just think it's a home game, and I think that coach they got a great belief system in this this young bright mind, and Mike Tomlin knows knows something about that, right? Because he mm-hmm. came into the in the league as a young bright mind himself, young looking and. Already commanded the respect where the players are coming, unless you're Antonio Brown, of course. Um, didn't mean to mention him this week. I, mean, I, was, I wanted to take the week off. I swear to God. But going with a home team on this, it's tight. It's tight because um, I don't think Trubisky going to beat Miami, um, yeah. and I, even if Pickett plays, I'm not sure he does either. You know? Um,
1: yeah, I'm gonna go Steelers.
0: What? Yeah. What? <laughs> you crazy as hell, man. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Yes, it's yes, I. I don't know karate, but I know crazy. <laughs> All right, so now we go to topic four, my personal favorite. Ladies and gentlemen, I will take you to, as I, I guess, dial it up. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you to shame or not to shame. That's me. And go.
1: Shame. Shame. Shame.
0: Shame. Shame. Come on, Robbie. Come we do, we do come on. That's the best dude, that's like the best intro ever for like a topic. On this week's To Shame or Not To Shame. Robbie Anderson got ejected. All right by his own team for bad conduct towards a coach and we found out later on subsequently traded um shame I, as far as the shame is shame on robbie anderson or shame on um the coaching staff it's lack of tolerance um low zeros go baby
1: yeah you know again i don't know what was said what happened um i think as a professional you need to be professional but at the end of the day you know carolina's been terrible for a while and they haven't been doing anything good for a while. They got Baker Mayfield there. Supposed to have an, a new quarterback there. Two quarterbacks are supposed to at least fight for a job. Something good's gonna come for it. They barely have one quarterback. Baker Mayfield's playing like trash. I mean, it's a it's a it's a pretty bad situation. Your head coach just got fired. The guy who trusts in you. The guy who probably got you to get to to go there. Right. You know, in free agency, just college got coach, fired. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so now. Um, you know, you're not really getting the ball. He had just gotten a touchdown in that game, right? Right, And I'm sure he can't be upset about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's upset about not getting the ball, which again is a wide receiver thing. But at the end of the day, you got to have respect for your coaches because that's only going to have ripple effects through the team. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the issue goes. So I, I would say it's shame on Robbie because you can have a multitude of times to have that conversation to... Uh, express your feelings on what's going on. Don't destroy the team. Don't destroy what the team's journey journey and goal is. No,
0: no doubt. No doubt. As I my 60 seconds on this to shame and not to shame. I believe the only score they had was actually a defensive touchdown. So Robbie had some good catches, right. but I don't I don't think he found the end zone because they had total te- ten, ten total points, but the seven it was of them was, was um was a um whatever. Well, I follow Robbie Anderson with the Jets, and I know he's made some spectacular catches with the Jets, and he's always had this big smile on the face, on his face, and he's always looked like he kept the mood light. And this is a complete surprise to me because I got to see this this snarling, angry version of a person that not only had disagreements with the with the system, certainly not disagreements with Matt Rule being fired, who was his college coach, but then has the gall to like, um approaching a coach is one thing, right? But the way you approach a coach, if you're if you're in his face and if you have this challenger defender stance, you know what I'm saying where it looks it looks aggressive, like you got like you're gonna do stuff. Um, can't tolerate that. Can't go. about... You, you I mean right. That's that's that is a hundred percent as we count down the five, four, three, two, one. I'm gonna go each second. Shame three. Shame three. Shame two. One. Boom. That's my honk. But I wanted to show you as after the countdown, I wanted to show you a picture of how close he was in his dude's face. So so um. Sorry, let's do this. Check that out. Yeah, he's. If you're a coach, first of all, you're gonna be like, yo, you need to take three steps back, man. i I mean, I don't know why you open my grill like, like you're gonna do something, you know? So you have to do what you have to do because that. I mean, we talked about Draymond last week, and certainly, I mean, there are levels to the intensity of this, but um, that can't, that can't stay. That can't, you can't go to the locker room and, and come back. Like like that, that's I that was a position coach, but mm-hmm. you don't do that to any coaching staff. Imagine if you did that to Bill Belichick, he would have got kicked off the planet, right? Yeah. Well, I go back to what we were saying before. He wouldn't, because his level for a respect for Bill is different, right? So he wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I think have the you whole seen team's... have you seen any player do that in Bill Belichick's career?
1: Yeah, I mean, because you're just asking for it at that point. Some teams you might get traded, in Bill Belichick's uh, thing—you'll probably get traded to the worst team in the league and then waived. You know, so yeah, that's just—it's just different because, again, I think that's going back to what we were saying earlier about yeah. the the culture. You know, Bill wouldn't even take a game ball, ball from,
0: from someone. Bill, like well, he—he just—he had um—he tied someone with like most wins, 325 wins, and the guy who scored tried to give him said, "This is for you, coach." And Bill looked at him. He said, "Here, take the ball." Bill's like, and then his, Bill's assistant took the ball, and then t- told the guy, "Go, go sit out." Oh, yeah. Bill wouldn't even take the ball. <laughs> so imagine if someone got in his face, he wouldn't even take a he wouldn't even take a positive thing. So you know, Bill ain't taking that negative thing. Mm-mm. Aaron Wexler, what's up? Talking about he's got a book coming out, um, and I'm I'm gonna definitely send a link to like his his opening thing on Instagram. He's gonna sure. take some Q and A and do Geeter like. All, all these legends that in whom he's associated with good for you uh, um, will be there and I, and I can't wait to see it I'm looking forward to that but for now we move on to our next topic because this is supposed to be 15 minutes I'm so sorry Rob good? I bring you to our next topic our next topic is quick question mm-hmm. right quick question shame yeah not shame we're gonna do this oh that's better Ah, thank God for the power of editing. (laughs) For the people watching this live, you will never see it again until the edit comes out. So we're going to – quick question, Rob. What was the bigger upset over the weekend? Tennessee over Bama or TCU over Oklahoma State?
1: Uh, Tennessee over Bama.
0: I'm going to go Tennessee over Bama. Quick question. Phillies or Padres? That's who they're facing each other. Seven-game series. Who wins this?
1: Padres.
0: Padres on a roll, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. i go padres too juan soto i'm gonna go to actually i picked the phillies and yankees to meet each other in the finals but padres changes changed everything Mm -hmm. quick question the game got postponed tonight so i just been informed uh yeah so it's uh rain delay it's postponed so the yankees are not playing tonight so deciding game tonight but my quick question thank god because it reasons for our quick question do the astros beat whomever wins between the yankees and guardians regardless yes the answer is yes i agree with that yeah as the playoffs go the strike zone gets smaller and when you got someone like altuvia who already has a tiny strike zone you have to throw over to And when you do he's going to get you this is why he's hitting like 400 plus in the playoffs mm-hmm. right tiny dude with no damn strike zone yeah, give me true. a break dude what's the worst name the commanders or the guardians
1: <laughs> Commanders. <in. laughs>
0: commanders no guardians guardians of the galaxy i'm a marvel guy I can't be too mad at that all right quick question will lebron westbrook westbrook and davis make it a whole season together
1: as in on the same team or injured <laughs> on or... the same team uh no
0: no i think westbrook will be gone it's too, yeah. it's, and that's sad because then they're listening to the media too much okay eagles over the cowboys they beat the cowboys this weekend was that good eagles or bad cowboys
1: uh, bad cowboys.
0: I'll go good, Eagles. I really like what they did, you know. They um, threw
1: three interceptions.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> Eagles defense might have something to do with that too. Would the Cowboys have one of Dak played? Quick question.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: No, I, I thought it'd be worse. <laughs> Quick question Brady goes to a wedding instead of traveling with the team on Saturday. Big deal or no big deal?
1: Go, say it again. sorry.
0: Brady goes to a wedding, Robert Kraft's wedding. Instead of traveling with the team on Saturday, when and they end up losing to whatever, to Miami. Big deal or no big deal?
1: No big deal. I Tom, go no big deal. Tom is not the problem in, no. in Tampa. No.
0: But if you ask any coach out there, they say big deal. But for Jay and Rob here on Sports Debate Tuesday, we both say no big deal. Guys, that's the end of quick question. But before we go, going to speak a little bit in our wheelhouse. Uh, we'll explore it because they deserve it. First of all, congratulations to Qatar. Sharif Yanousi and, um, and, and Ahmed Tejan, You guys are absolute savages. Bronze medal to consecutive FIVVV titles. Um, and you beat a whole bunch of Americans in Route 2. So kudos to Troy Field and, and Buttinger, specifically Buttinger, who finds a way to win with everybody. Just professional. You know, a, a not too hot, not too cold. Hmm. One of the most ignored great players out there. Troy, you got some work to do, so I'm not I'm not giving you the rub this weekend. But big up to Miles Parchain and Andy Banesh they played Qatar it was 22-20 22-20 and some controversial calls banish put his hands pulled his hands back on a on a joust and he pulled his hands back and and Sharif open hand tipped it and the referee didn't call it so ref swallowed his whistle but it is what it is congratulations to Evan Corey and Logan Weber participating in their first big tournament but a huge huge shout out because in the sake of this whole coaching thing like players who become coaches, huge, huge shout out to Jose Loyola. I've always sounded like I've always insulted him, and I don't mean to insult him. I've always said that I never considered him a real coach. I consider him a winner. But if I'm wrong, and he's a real coach, he's a real coach. But if I'm right, he certainly enlisted good people around him, and he's done some terrific things with USA Volleyball because he's a head coach right there. And, they've, and we've desperately wanted the men scene to put a dent in the FIVB. Um, um, kink Same, in their armor yeah. and they've done that so big out big up to you guys and congratulations quick question by Aaron Wexler um will AVP money go up next year we're not answering that we don't do that because we ain't Rob's an active player and he ain't trying to he ain't trying to give some answer that's going to have people be like you're canceled no Rob's I'll answer that in private for both of us in fact I'll answer that now the answer is yes I think it will I think it will I think I think as they continue to to market and whatever and Players are doing their part promoting themselves?
1: Well, I mean, the answer is going to be yes because yeah. they're trying to involve betting. Mm-hmm. So once betting gets you know, yeah. legalized and they And have involved, to, they, be- they have to. because
0: They have to because they're not going to pay... They can't have an athlete in a position where they get paid more to throw the game. They'll make more money to throw a game. Yeah. Right? A first prize is $20,000 and someone betting is like, yo, here's 30. Yeah. Here's 30. You, you know, you...
1: It's not that far away. No, your,
0: your your job, your profession has to be rich enough where you can't be bought like that. Hmm. This is this is dangerous, and I'll say on the record too: AVP needs to get the hell out of juniors if they're gonna if 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 betting and ballets is whatever they they you can't be having AVP first in that mix. They got to get the, the hell out of juniors, you know, or figure that out. Yeah, they don't see it and they don't know what that. No one knows what the hell I'm talking about right now. But watch this episode later. But Rob, is there um anything you'd like to say to Aaron Wexler, Mark? Fornicari, or the Volleyball Nation, or our Sports Debate Nation, which, by the way, is three times as bigger three times bigger than the Volleyball Nation. Our SDT Nation's gotten big, man. Anything you want to say to our people before we leave?
1: Just stay happy, stay healthy, y'all.
0: Oh, my God. Rob might love you guys, but I don't love any of you guys. In fact, I can't stand you. In fact, I speak for this man and myself. We're both starving. We are hungry AF, okay? So for Rob, keep it mclean mclean who loves you and for me who's kind of man i don't don't know ask me again a week from now this is sports debate tuesday this is episode 93 we're gonna hit my music but for now gentlemen we're out come check out the option podcast on optiondb.com it's also available on itunes and spotify and on youtube under the ny varsity sports handle. you're gonna love what you hear